Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, January the 19th. We have what I absolutely love, a 13-game NBA slate. So 26 of the 30 teams will be participating this evening, and it's all in one card. It's not busted up like it was the other day on MLK Day. So, man, this is what you dream of, so we're going after this full barrels. I've been working on this slate for several hours already and still have all afternoon uh, to get organized before we get into lock. So great to have you with us. Uh, I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I will be walking through these 13 games. We'll be looking at a combination, as we usually do, of where the teams stand, what do they look like, um, what are there's what's the statistical piece of it? How do we see these matchups happening? And where are we looking to put our uh, initial lineups for now? So uh, again, you can build those lineups, get them set from the pod, but then you have to watch news. Uh, just be right in our Discord, and we'll any of the breaking news, anybody in or out of protocol, uh, any trades that'll start happening, which is a big deal now. Uh, February 10th is the trade deadline, and there's all kinds of rumors of uh, people moving all over the place. So uh, stay with us. We'd love to have you, dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up for as little as three days for 10 bucks and get everything that we have to offer. All right, my friends, no messing around today. We don't have time to do so. It's that busy of a day. So we have the very first game on the slate. And that is the Orlando Magic and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Philadelphia is favored by 12, and we definitely know Orlando has been horrific lately. So low out potential in game one. Got to keep our eyes on that. A low total, 212 for a blowout potential game. So not going to be a great DFS game to start the slate. Uh, it is 100 implied for Orlando and 112 implied uh, for the Philadelphia uh, 76ers. So with this game coming in, Orlando is a non-impressive 8-37. and 37. Philly's up to uh, seven games over 500 now at 25-18. and 18. Injury designations, Wendell Carter Jr. questionable. That's an important piece of information. Then we have... Um, Michael Carter-Williams out, Fultz out, Isaac out, Moore out. For Philadelphia, we already know who's out. It's Green, Milton, Simmons, and Thibel. So as we go back to look at this game again, you know, you got the double whammy, low total, uh, potential blowout, definitely scares you off some guys here. If you're going to go anywhere, you want to go on the cheap, really, at least that's what I'm looking at. Uh, Cole Anthony, a little pricey at 7K. Wendell Carter Jr., if he does play, is 7 3. Uh, if Bomb is out or, or doesn't start like he has been the last two games, Robin Lopez is in there at 3 6 if you want to go super buy down. But again, we can be uh, you know, extraordinarily picky today with 26 teams playing. So if Bomb is going to split time with Lopez, that's the perfect example of something you want no part of whatsoever. Um, Franz Wagner's all the way down to 5'5", five, five, but he's been very inconsistent. So not anything jumping out at me on the Orlando side. 
Philadelphia, you know, is this the game to pay up for 11K, uh, Joel Embiid? I'm not going to do it with all the studs on this slate and, you know, trying to keep salary in, in place as we buy up for some of these stars. Um, after that, though, there are some options. Tobias Harris is only 6'7". That is a low price for him. He's usually in the sevens and eights for the uh, most of the season. But since he's been into a little bit of a verbal battle with uh, fans and been rumored in trade talks, he has not been producing consistently. But it's six, seven, man. It's it's a shot right there. You, you could get a guy that could you know get a fifty or sixty burger. I mean, he's got that potential. We've seen it. Um, other than that, Curry at six K. You can think about Tyrese Maxey at six two. But again, very possibly may not have any exposure here uh, in game one. All right, game two, also seven o'clock. There's only two seven o'clock games. It is the Brooklyn Nets and Washington Wizards. Washington's favored by one and a half. It's a 231 and a half total. 115 applied for Brooklyn, 116 and a half for uh, the Washington Wizards. Coming into this game, Brooklyn's 27 and 16. Washington is 23 and 21. Oh, you know what? I forgot on the first game. Let's go back and straighten that out right now. Let's get this going. Statistically speaking, Orlando is 13th in pace, Philadelphia 27th. So not that doesn't help matters. Orlando is 24th defensively, and Philadelphia is 14th. So something to consider there. Um, all right, back to Brooklyn and Washington. Uh, their statistical analysis, you have Brooklyn, the seventh fastest team uh, in the league, Washington 21st, so evens out a bit. Brooklyn's 11th defensively and Washington 21st. Uh, as far as designations for injury, Bembry questionable. And out we have Claxton, Durant, Harris, and Millsap. Uh, no designations of injury whatsoever for Washington, so very unusual. Uh, in this day and age, for sure. Um, Brooklyn, like I said, 27 and 16, Washington 23 and 21. So two potential playoff teams here. Um, Brooklyn, you know, the big thing is, do you spend up for uh, James Harden? It's a game uh, that uh, we're going to get Kyrie Irving because it's in Washington. So that takes a little bit of the luster off an automatic Harden play. Uh, with Irving in at 9-3, a little high for him. Uh, Harden's 11-6, which again, yes, he's a great play. I get it. But, you know, you've got decent defense, defense from Washington. It's not good, but it's it's not the bottom of the barrel. And uh, their pace hasn't been good. So that is a bit of a concern there. And that's not where I'm going to look for for my payup for that reason. I think Kessler Edwards is starting to play consistent ball. He's 4-3. Same with Dayron Sharp. Uh, he's 4.4, but is he going to get enough minutes is the question. LaMarcus Aldridge is in the mix at 4-6. I think he deserves a mention, although his minutes have been very choppy as well. Um, off the bench, just too many guys to mention. And you can, like I said, you can be very picky here with uh, this many teams playing. On the Washington side, Bradley Bill's a fair 8-9. I think that that price uh, sits pretty well for him. I think that he uh, deserves some interest here at that sub-9 price. 
Uh, Dinwiddie did not get it done the last time at 6'5". When Beal's in, it really does just suck the life out of Dinwiddie's uh, ownership and for good reason, because he's not uh, getting it done consistently. KCP 4.3, always a good GPP shot. He's up and down all over the place. Kuzma's expensive. He's 7'8", but man, has he been so good lately. Uh, just the rebounding numbers have been fantastic. So I think that uh, I think that he's definitely a consideration today. Not interested at all in, you know, Daniel Gafford or Montrez Harrell, I'm starting to get interested in Thomas Bryant. He's 3-7, and he's getting in there more and more, and I'm looking forward to when I can feel comfortable to roster him, but I have to see him up over that 25 to 28-minute mark first. Um, this game, the reason it's intriguing is Washington's only favored by 1.5, and, and it's a 231.5 total. 115 implied for Brooklyn and 116 and a half for Washington. So very interesting game. Definitely can have some pieces. Don't think I'm going to spend way up on the Brooklyn side. I like some of the value pieces and guys like Edwards. Um, and then Washington, the question will be, you know, is it time to fire up a Beal or a Kuzma? Those are my top two targets on the wizard side of the ball. All right, we move to the 7.30 spot. There's three games at that spot. First one is Portland Trailblazers and Miami Heat. Portland uh, is an underdog here on the road by nine. It's a 215.5 total. So very interesting here with that spread. You know, is it going to stay close enough is the, the million-dollar question. Portland's 18 and 25. Miami's 28 and 16. You have Dennis Smith uh, Jr. is probable for Portland. Uh, C.J. Ellaby questionable. Powell doubtful, so we're going to count him out for now. We know Lillard, Nance, and Zeller are out. For Miami, you've got Lowry, Morris, Akpala, and Oladipo are all out. So you definitely have some interest here uh, in some fair price guys uh, that get my attention. Portland is 17th in pace and Miami's 28th. So that is a negative. Uh, also, Portland 28th defensively. So that is a big plus for the Heat, uh, buy a potential for the Heat. And uh, Miami's defense is eighth best in the league. So definitely uh, a little concern more for the Portland side. Plus, you've got, you know, Simons uh, has played well, but now with, with CJ McCollum back, uh, it's it's a much tougher uh, purchase there. Simon's at 7-4. C.J. McCollum is 8K already, just after being back a short stint here. Nazir Little had a really good game last time. He's 5-7. Covington's been stepping it up at 6-1. And Nurkic pretty much broke the slate last time out, but he's all the way up now to 8-7. So it's not an easy play as it was when he was much cheaper. Um, on the Heat side, you know, obviously the two guys you can talk about are Jimmy Butler at 9-1. He's always a pretty safe buy-up. Uh, he, when he's out there, he's getting his. Bam Adebayo, you know, is back. He's 7-7. Um, and, you know, he seems to be right back in the thick of things and in play. So he can be a consideration. 
Uh, hard to believe last game, though. Omar Yurtsevin really saved their biscuits here, if you will, uh, during that whole time uh, Bam was out. He got a DNP coach's decision the last game now that Bam's back. So a little surprising there. I thought they'd leave Yurtsevin in for, you know, even 15 minutes a game. But uh, we'll see if that changes as time goes. Um, really, other than that, Hero off the bench, of course, 7-3 is a fair price for him. I do like uh, Hero at that number. I think he can still be extremely uh, strong. And Portland's defense is just awful. So, you know, Butler and Hero would be the two targets. Uh, maybe Bam, but, it, it, you know, his just being back so recently, it's hard to, to completely trust uh, his spot here. All right, the second 7.30 game is the Charlotte Hornets and the Boston Celtics. Boston's favored by four and a half, 107 and a half implied for Charlotte, 112 for the Boston Celtics. So Boston, another home game here. Uh, Charlotte comes in very impressive, 24 and 20. Better record than the Celtics at 23 and 22. Um, not much news here. Kelly Oubre is actually questionable. He may be back, so we have to watch that. That affects their rotation a lot. For Boston, uh, we've got Nesmith, Naismith, and Smart are questionable. So we want to follow them. And then we have Bull Bull. He'll be out for a while. He had a surgery, but Boston did pick him up yesterday by trade. All right, back to the numbers here. We've got uh, Charlotte second in the league in pace. So monster pace up for Boston. That just definitely puts a shining little check mark next to Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, especially uh, with being able to play against a pace like that. Boston's only 24th, so it is a pace uh, down game for LaMelo and company. Also, Charlotte has to face the fifth best defense in the entire league in Boston and Charlotte, not so much. They are all the way down uh, to 25th. So some good things for Boston. We've been targeting Charlotte. I think it's still a good idea. Uh, it's only a four and a half point spread. So that gives you some, some hope. It's just always making that tough decision. Jalen Brown is eight, six. Tatum is nine, four. I think they're both playable commodities here. I really do. So it's a matter of determining which way you want to go there. I, I'd like to have exposure to one of those guys. After that, Smart just coming back. I'm not going to go there. Horford 5-3, uh, but he was a, a disappointment the last time out. Robert Williams gets, gets back, and Horford sort of didn't get it done even with Williams out. But now Williams back is back at 7-1. Schroeder's been terrific off the bench lately. He is 6-4. So definitely uh, not a bad game to have some exposure. I think the Celtics are in a better spot and wouldn't mind uh, definitely getting one of the, the main guys from Boston and maybe even a value spot. All right. We go to the next 7:30 game. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta's a two-and-a-half point favorite. We have a nice total here. 233. 115.25 implied for Minnesota, 117.75 uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. Coming into the game, Minnesota's 22 and 22. They are the only 
there's two teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Minnesota's one of them, and they had a very hard-fought game uh, that came right down to the wire where they were they were able to beat the Knicks in Madison Square. Uh, it went uh, strong and long game, and then they had to travel to Atlanta, and they're playing Atlanta at 18 and 25. The wheels have definitely come off for Atlanta, uh, but Minnesota on the second night of a back-to-back after a really tough game. You know, we have to wait and see if there's any news or anybody sitting out uh, as the day progresses. Right now for Minnesota, McLaughlin's out. For Atlanta, Bogdanovich and Capella, two starters, are out, still remain out for Atlanta. Statistically speaking, we've got uh, Minnesota is third in the league in pace, Atlanta 19th. So good pace up game for Atlanta, but you wonder if Minnesota will play a little slower, uh, being that it's a back-to-back. As far as defensively, Minnesota's 10th and Atlanta's second to last in the entire league. They are 29th. So it's it's a hard call. I mean, everything tempts you to want to play T-Wolves, but then you get worried about the fact that they were extended yesterday and had to play big minutes in that first game of the back-to-back against the Knicks. Um so let's look at this here. Patrick Beverly, 5-2, not consistent, wouldn't go there. You know, you've got your regular guys, uh, D'Angelo Russell, 7-6, Anthony Edwards, 7-8, and Cat is 9-5. They all get a uh, possibility of, of being rostered in a game with a 233 total where they're only underdogs by two and a half. Somebody's going to have to step up if they're going to stay in this game and play a lot of minutes on a back-to-back. So there is definitely some concern there with uh, the rotation of how are they going to, you know, go minutes wise. And they do have a good bench. Jane McDaniels, Malik Beasley, Nas Reed, Jalen Noel. Those four guys in particular are pretty strong players off the bench. They have a nice team. Uh, they should have a better record than they do, to, uh, to be honest with you. But um you know, we'll see with the news states. We'll check out the coach speak and beat writer information. You know, if somebody's going to sit and somebody's elevated, it could make one of those bench guys very playable. If they're going to go full tilt, then, you know, buying up to a mid-level priced Russell or Edwards uh, is not a bad idea. On the Atlanta side, island game for them. Certainly Trey Young, you know, you can talk about it 9-8. Uh, he's... Uh, you know, been up and down this part of the season. He's had some slumps, but he's also had games where he's completely dominated uh, like he did earlier this week. Just really was fantastic. But he does get Pat Bev defense if Pat Bev's going to go back-to-back nights. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Trey Young, to me, at 9-8 is expensive, but he's the kind of guy, especially if Pat Bev is limited, uh, could really do well. Cheap-wise, you've got Kevin Herter at 5K, DeAndre Hunter at 4-2. Uh, very interesting. John Collins at 7K, always in play because his price is right. Uh, but then you've got a lot of guys where it gets a little bit tough. Okongwu sort of splitting minutes with Gorgie Jang. Collins does slide down and play the five, so not really interested in the bigs there. Bellinari's been finishing games. He's 4-2. Uh, he could be considered as well. We're going to have to go to the coffee today. 13 games, that's not playing around.
All right, we go to the first eight o'clock game. There's two of them as well. First one is Memphis Grizzlies at the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee favored by six and a half, 225 total, 109.25 implied for Memphis, 115.75 uh, for the Grizz. Interesting game here because it's at Milwaukee, but it's only a six and a half point uh, spread. And uh, I'll tell you what, nobody's been much hotter uh, than the Memphis Grizzlies. They've been fantastic. Memphis comes in 31 and 15. How about that? Milwaukee's 27 and 19. So they are chasing Memphis's record. Guys that are out for Memphis, Anderson, Bain, Brooks, and Tilly. So that will create a bit of a shuffle. Milwaukee, it's holiday questionable. That's huge news. We really need that news. And Brooke Lopez uh, remains out. So very, some really good plays here. This could be a key pivotal game on the slate. Uh, right now, Memphis is sixth in pace and Milwaukee 10th. So you got two of the top 10 pace, which gives you a lot of interest. The 225 numbers fair. The only tough part is you have two top 10 teams in defense. Memphis seventh and Milwaukee ninth. And nobody's been better than Memphis over the last two months. Uh, the, uh, the Grizz and the Mavericks have just blown away defensively uh, everybody in the league the last month. So, you know, it does that defense does cause some concern, but there are key guys out. You know, Brooks and Bain are the key cogs for Memphis on defense. So that concerns me. You know, can Milwaukee just handle them with a few of their uh, key guys out? And I think that that answer could be correct. So, I'm not going to pile drive this game. Uh, Milwaukee only a six and a half point Vegas uh, favorite, but it just feels like a game where Milwaukee's, especially if they get Drew Holiday back, could put it together. Um, speaking of the Milwaukee side of the ball, you know, when you have Drew Holiday, if he is back at 8-1, Chris Middleton at 8-8, Giannis at 12K, and Bobby Portis at 7, now you've got four guys you're trying to slide into lineups but they're not cheap and they are going to split some usage and they're playing a decent defensive team. But, you know, the question is who steps up? Do you go all the way up to Giannis at 12 K on this big of a slate? Uh, that's the question. Can Memphis keep it really close without two key players in Bain and Brooks? If that's the, if it is the case that they stay tight, it's going to have to be John Morant having one of his phenomenal games and he's eight, nine, which isn't that bad. I mean, his, I think that, you know, I'm very tempted there to go John Morant, but if Drew Holiday is back, that matchup is not fun for him. Uh, Drew's a dog on defense, but how many minutes is Drew going to get just coming back or is he even going to play? So we need that news to make a final decision, but John Morant is one of my pay up uh, options today. I think eight, nine is extremely fair for him. And picking up some of that usage from Brooks uh, and from Bain is going to be a big plus. There are two really good, uh, super cheap guys in this game with the guys that are out. DeAnthony Melton at 3-7 and Zaire Williams at 3-1. Really like those two guys. Uh, could make the decision to go with one of them as one of my big value plays here. And whenever you have a game, a, you know, 26 of the 30 team players up, teams playing like this, 
you're going to have some stars and scrubs lineups most of the time because there's so much value that's there now and that opens up during the day that it's hard not to buy up to the jaw Morants uh, of the world. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. at 6'6", not going to go there, trying to guard Giannis and not get in foul trouble, no. Steven Adams, 4'9", he's been decent. You know, he and Bobby Portis are both dogs, though. They both play hard. So I don't know if that cancels each other out a little bit or not. So for me, you know, it's it's more so do I want to pay up for one of the Bucks guys? I may if Holiday sits. If he plays, though, I think it just gets spread out too much. And maybe Jaw Morant's the, the target. Wouldn't mind a Jaw and, you know, somebody from that side uh, if I can make the salary work. I do like this game. I think it's a key game on the slate. All right, we move on to another 8 o'clock game. Cleveland Cavaliers, Chicago Bulls. Cleveland favored by three. It's a 218.5 total. 110.75 implied for the Cavaliers. Uh, 107.75 for the Chicago Bulls. So Cleveland comes in 27 and 18. Chicago 27 and 15. Uh, only two guys out for Cleveland are Rondo and Stevens, and then uh, Caruso is is probable for Chicago. So that's a big piece for them to get back because he makes their defense go, and uh, they've been getting smashed uh, around in some of the games recently. Tyler Cook questionable, and then the guys out: Lonzo Ball, Green, Jones, Levine, and Williams. So they're definitely missing some punch from their lineup. There's no question about it. Um, as far as statistically speaking, Cleveland 23rd in pace, Chicago 14th, so nothing to write home about there. We have uh, Oklahoma, I'm sorry, uh, Cleveland third best defensive team in the league, and uh, Chicago's only 19th, even with that good record. Uh, they're in the lower half of the defensive efficient teams in the league. So how strong is that Cleveland defense? We'll see what it looks like here in this game. Uh, Garland is a nice play at 9K. I think he's a really good payup. Uh, he's in a game situation here with no Rondo as the backup. And, you know, I think this game stays close. The fact that Cleveland's a three-point favorite on the road is sort of shocking to me. But uh, I'm sure that's going to incite some people being fired up from the Bulls side. After that, marking it at 5'7", he can get you there, you know, Pretty decent floor, but a somewhat limited ceiling. He's decent, but I don't know if he's over the top. And then the confusion of who do you play, Evan Mobley or Jared Allen? Well, they make it even more difficult. They're both priced at 7-7. So now you've got a complete flat-out decision here. Um, I personally think Mobley's a little bit better in this matchup, uh, but Allen also is playable. So I like both guys. One of them's more than likely going to make my lineup. Um, and I don't have the courage on a 26 games or 26 teams playing to, to go both. If it was a small slate, yes, but I don't believe so here. Bench, a little non-sequential here. Kevin loves decent off the bench, but uh, I'm not going to go there either. Um, as far as the Bulls go, Kobe White is a good play again. He disappointed, though, the last time out, but he is only 6'5", which is up from where he was. 
Um, you're going to get plays from Dasunmu and McKinney. Everybody's been sort of flooding to those guys because their value and they're playing minutes with the guys out. But the reason I don't like those guys that much, I think you can be more picky on this slate, that more than likely Alex Caruso's back, and he's going to soak up minutes from both of those guys. They may even go to Troy Brown Jr. a little bit. So I'm not uh, a huge Desunmu or McKinney fan uh, unless you want to play GPP. I think that the top play to go to on the Bulls side is DeMar DeRozan. You know, he's led that team, even though they've had solid players up and down. But he is 9-2, so there's a big commitment there. But, you know, in this matchup, I think he's tough. He does go against that really good Cleveland defense. So he's not a plug-and-play, but he's in high consideration for one of my lineups. Vuk, on the other hand, at 9K, I know he's got some nice ceiling. But with Mobley and Allen, you know, double-dipping the, the bigs inside, I just don't see this as being uh, an outstanding uh, matchup for Vuk. Caruso, uh, maybe one game away from being really relative for me. Need to see what he has and what's going on, how he's feeling. Uh, he's 4-8 uh, uh, right now. All right. We move on to a, a duo of two 830 games. Oklahoma City Thunder, San Antonio Spurs. Spurs are a six and a half point favorites. It's a 219 total, 106.25 for the Thunder, 112.75 for the Spurs. We've got coming into this game, Oklahoma City is a disappointing 14 and 29. Spurs an equally disappointing 16 and 28. Hate to see Pop go out with such a lousy team. Um, for the Thunder, we know Kenrich Williams is out. For the Spurs, Trey Jones out. Uh, the newly acquired Hernan Gomez, Juancho Hernan Gomez, is probable. So he may suit up tonight for the Spurs. Um, as far as uh, statistically, they're both on an island game. Minute, uh, Oklahoma City 16th in pace, uh, Spurs 4th. So good pace up game for the Thunder. Defensively, 15th for Oklahoma, 20th for San Antonio. So there is some room uh, for some points in this game. 219, not a great over-under. Uh, Spurs, six and a half point favorite. The way they play, and I'm, I'm surprised they're that much of a favorite. Uh, we can look at a couple things here. SGA, always an option. Seems like every night at 8.4, but he does get you know, what I think will be one of the defensive uh, first-team players in DeJounte Murray defensively, uh, and he leads the league in steals. So a little bit of a, a damper on uh, SGA's potential in this game. And then on the flip side, Murray at 9-7 has been amazing, but he's going to get some Lou Dort defense. So, you know, some potential with those guys, but nothing that jumps off the board. Giddy. Always a good ceiling, triple-double waiting to happen, but he's 6'8", so that's a lot of commitment. Uh, really wouldn't touch Baisley, Robinson, Earl, man, Jerome. You know, Aaron Wiggins has been okay, but just those guys are so hard to trust, especially on a big slate like this. So uh, not jumping out of my seat uh, really for anybody on the Thunder side. Spurs, it's a similar story. You've got Pop. 
Number one, you've got a new guy they just traded for and want want you Hernan Gomez. That will you know mix things up a little bit. And the prices aren't fantastic. You know, like I said, Murray at nine seven, White at six two, uh, Kelvin Johnson. I don't, I haven't even heard his name in a long time. He's five five. Pirtle's all the way up to six nine. So you know, just a little bit of fear of playing any Spurs because you know uh, Devin Vassell and Lonnie Walker is going to get some run. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Hernan Gomez gets in there as well. So. Little bit of a concern here, not my favorite game whatsoever. Uh, I think I might not have any any uh usage at all in this game. So very interesting. All right, next game. The other 830 game. Toronto Raptors, Dallas Mavericks, Dallas favored by four and a half, 206 and a half total. How about that? That is awful total. 101 implied for Toronto, 105.5. Uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. So this is definitely a slow-mo game, or at least it looks like it's going to be. Toronto comes in 21 and 20, Dallas 25 and 19. You have Gary Trent questionable. So that's an important piece of news. Birch and Dragic out for Toronto. For Dallas, you've got two players questionable. That's Maxi Kleba, who's been starting, and Reggie Bullock, who's been coming off the bench. Statistically speaking, the reason this game is such a, a low total is because of the pace. You have two teams that like to slow it down here. Uh, no question about it. You've got Toronto 25th, Dallas 29th, second slowest team in the league. It's also the first night of a back-to-back -back for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so that makes it even a little bit tougher. Then defensively, Toronto's 16th, so middle of the pack. The Mavs are all the way up to fourth, which is somewhat of a meteor, meteor how do you say it, meteoric, meteoric uh, explosion because they were 26th at a low point. Then they spent time in the low 20s, and then all of a sudden, the last like six weeks, almost two months, they're up to fourth. So between the, the tough D that's being played, the slower pace, you know, you have a few guys priced a little too high. Makes it super, super tough. I mean, Van Bleed at 8-6 and Pascal Siakam at 9-1. Luca at 10-8. And then Chris Stapps at 7-8 and even Brunson at 6-8. Those are all good players, but those prices in a game that's going to be so slow, it's going to be very hard to get to those numbers. Um, you know, if I look anywhere, I think, you know, you get a, a good deal on Ananobi and Barnes. They're 6-5 and 6-4. Um, you know, Precious Achu Precious had a great game the last time out, but that was against his old team, Miami. So I'm not sure he'll get enough minutes uh, to, to really light it up here. We know Dallas has trouble guarding the interior, but with Barnes, Siakam, Achua, uh, you know, it, it's going to get spread around a bit. So more than likely a pass game, even though you've got some really good players, you know, and if you can cherry pick one of them out, that has a big game, uh, you know, it'd be a big plus. If I went with anybody, Ananobi or Barnes would be the two guys I'd consider from the Toronto Raptors. All right, nine o'clock game, Houston, only nine o'clock game, Houston Rockets, Utah Jazz, Utah by 12 and a big 232 total. So we're in that dilemma. 
big spread, so you got to worry about blowout, but you got a nice big total here. 110 implied for Houston, a super high 122 for the Utah Jazz. That's a serious number when you bust 120. Uh, that has to get attention because you need, you know, some exposure there. Um, as far as uh, who's in and out, just John Wall out for Houston. We knew that. The big news is Donovan Mitchell's out for Utah, and they still have a 122 implied total. Hassan Whiteside also remains out. So very interesting here. You know, you've got uh, a team with pace as number one in the league with Houston. So that's why you're seeing those inflated numbers for the Jazz. And then 18th for Utah. Defensively, Houston's also dead last, 30th in the league. So they're the perfect perfect team to target in, in uh, DFS every night. Fastest pace, worst defense. Thank you. We love you, the Houston Rockets. Um, Utah, on the other hand, is 12th in defense. So does this game stay close? That could sink you if it's a blowout early and they don't get extended minutes for Conley, Clarkson, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, or Gobert, and they go to the bench, uh, you know, you're in deep trouble. But if the Rockets hang tight and, you know, these guys could blow up, Conley's a cheap 6,000. Uh, Bogdanovich is only 5'8". If you want to go way down, O'Neal is 4'7". Clarkson's, Clarkson's only 5'5". So you got so much value here. Gobert is a fair 8'5". Um, lots of spots you can go. Definitely going to go there. I'm probably going to have two Jazz. Uh, I think they can hang. Houston can hang just long enough uh, for the Jazz to pay off. Their prices are so low. I think they missed the boat on pricing the Jazz today. And then, you know, with that poor defense from Houston, Utah guys having to pick up all the Donovan Mitchell usage as well. And it's spread out. You're going to see more for Conley and Clarkson and even Ingles and Bogdanovich. Um, so very well could be the only team that has more than one player uh, on my roster. And I think it's, it's important to do it. Um, you know, certainly going to be really watching uh, – you know, bite my nails that Houston stays in the game. If Houston stays in the game, uh, are, is there anybody worth rostering there? I think there there are. Kevin Porter is a little high at 6'5", but not bad. Jalen Green's getting back into the role at 4'8". We know Gordon is boomer bust. He can be single-digit points, or he could throw 45 on the board. It's He's all over the place and makes it makes him a, a really good GPP play but a scary cash play, but one that can pay off for sure. He's only 5,000 flat. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, same sort of situation uh, as Gordon as far as boomer bust. He's 5'7". Christian Wood is a fair 8'2", but he, of course he gets the Gobert and interior defense from the Jazz. No white side uh, you know, for that second depth, but Rudy Gay is no dummy. He's sort of playing the backup center now. And he's been around long enough. He's he's a smart defender. So not really thrilled about the Houston side, uh, but more than likely going to have some jazz, definitely going to have some jazz exposure. All right, we have a three-game late slate. We're doing the after-hour slate here at Coach Talk tonight. We're going to be supplying our uh, main slate 
uh, lineups at 6.35 Eastern for the 7 p.m. games. And that is a DraftKings coaches clipboard, which are five highlighted players, and then a bunch of other players to fill uh, options to fill out your roster. Full cash and GPP lineups for both FanDuel and Yahoo. Then we're going to turn around and give you a core five for the after hour slate that we're about to discuss and uh, one lineup for both uh, FanDuel and Yahoo for the late slate. Uh, so we're we're with you, man. We're on top of this. We're going to be ready if we have any late swap. Uh, things are settling down a little bit as far as the COVID protocol stuff uh, in the league. It's still not where we need it to be, but it's not, you know, all replacement players like it had been there for a couple of weeks. So very exciting. Looking forward to this. Join us anytime, dfscoachtalk.com, and we'd, we'd love to have you jump in with us. If you're watching this on YouTube, a quick thumbs up, hit the membership button, give us a quick comment. We really, really appreciate that. We do this NBA podcast in front of the paywall seven days a week. And really the, the one thing we ask, thumbs up, hit the subscribe, give us a comment. Love the pod, didn't love the pod, whatever. Just let us know something. Uh, love to hear when you have some winners as well so that uh, we can uh, show a little love to, to those that are our avid listeners. All right. Second coffee sip, 13 game slate, two coffee slips. I mean, come on. Not coffee slips, co coffee sips is what I'm trying to say. All right, 10 o'clock, Clippers, Nuggets, Detroit, seven and a half, 212 total, 102.25 implied for the Clippers, uh, 109.75 for the Denver Nuggets. Clippers are 22 and 23 which is really pretty miraculous considered no Kawhi and they've missed uh, George for most of the season, half the season. Uh, the Nuggets are 22 and 20. They're hanging in there as well with their own set of injuries and guys missing. For the Clippers, we've got Luke Kennard questionable, so he would affect the rotation a bit. We know George, Leonard, and Preston are out. For Denver, three guys out, Chanchar, Green, and Murray. So not bad. Like I say, it's getting a little a slim bit back to norm, we're getting there. Statistically, Clippers are 15th in pace, Denver 26th, not great. Defensively, Clippers are all the way uh, in the six hole, so tough defensively. Denver down to 17, so they have slipped into the, the lower half of the league as far as defensive efficiency. So that does open up some things for some very fair price guys on both sides. I think you get a lot of bargains here. It's not a, a perfect game situation, you know, with a 212 total, but Jackson's only 6K. Amir Coffey's 5'7. Marcus Morris, 6'5. Nick Batum, 5'3. And Zubots, 4'7. Off the bench, Man, 4'7. Bledsoe, 4'9. Kennard, if he plays, 5'1. Abaka, 3'5. Hartenstein, 3'6. So you say, wow, they don't have a single guy priced above 6.5 in their rotation. Pretty amazing. But it's not like any of them are like, oh, this guy is a dead lock. He's awesome. They're just very mediocre, and they all play together, uh, and there's not anybody that completely jumps out. I mean, I've been given the nod to Reggie Jackson most of the year at this 6K number, 
but he's been super inconsistent. He actually has not shot the ball well. Um, <clears throat> if you want to go with, you know, Batum, he broke the slate almost last game at 5-3. Uh, we had him in a couple of our lineups, and he did a great job. He's He'd be a consideration. Uh, you know, I'm not jumping out of my seat for him. Marcus Morris at 6-5, another guy uh, that could be okay. But, you know, I really respect Aaron Gordon defense and Jeff Green defense. They hustle and get after it, and that's probably who's going to be guarding Morris and Batum. So I'd lean a little more towards Jackson again, but he's been disappointing on a consistent basis. So it's not a bad idea just not to play any Clippers, to be honest with you. On the Denver side, maybe the payup is the Joker at 12-4. Uh, you know, not going to get a ton of resistance from Zubots or Hartenstein or Abaca. I mean, they're going to all try. But I would say of all the expensive guys, not that I'm going to go there for sure, but of all the expensive guys tonight, uh, I like the Joker the most. 12-4 is a gut punch, but there's so much value that you can find that, you know, you can get it done. If not, you know, the 5-9 price for Gordon is very fair. 3-7, super cheap for Green if he's going to get the big minutes. Barton seems okay after that slate injury at 5-6. You can also look at him. The other guy that had an explosive game the other day is Bones Highland. They just need to let this kid play. He's 3-8. I'd love to play him, but I'm just not sure what his minutes are going to be. And uh, it makes it way too risky. But a nice GPP spot. Uh, for a guy like that, for sure. All right, <clears throat> the other 10 o'clock game. Detroit Pistons on the second night of a back-to-back, if you want to call it that, they got absolutely obliterated by the Warriors last night. Uh, they are playing the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento is a six-point favorite. It's a 221 uh, total. It's records coming in here, Detroit 10 and 33, Sacramento 18 and 28. Uh, Killian Hayes is questionable. Um, he got hurt his hip uh, during the game, put up a fat goose egg yesterday. That was no fun. Uh, and then guys that are out, Grant, Jackson, Livers, Magruder, and Olenek. For Sacramento, they only have one guy, and he is out, and that's an important one, Tyrese Halliburton. But it does open up some really good plays uh, on the Sacramento side, for sure. I think this game, sneaky little game, 221 total. Um, I really like this game. It's, uh, again, Detroit in the second night of a back-to-back, not going to matter that much. Um, Detroit's 11th in pace and Sacramento 5th. So you've got a great combination. They're going to get up and down the floor. And they both stink defensively, 22nd and 26th, respectively. So you've got that good combination. We haven't had a lot of those in this 13-game slate of super pace from both teams, poor defense from both teams. Plus, the spread's only six. So, you know, this should be a game that is very targetable. It makes sense. Uh, hopefully, Killian Hayes sits out because I think that would bring Corey Joseph into play at 4-9. And he's been known to go from, you know, not playing or playing 10 minutes to, boom, 40, you know, putting 40 on the board. So... <clears throat> He's in consideration. Kate Cunningham hit some nice shots and stretches look good. They just are such a bad team. Uh, he's at 7-3. Diallo's down to 6-6. Six, six. Uh, he was poor yesterday. Sadiq Bey was awful. He's 6-8. Uh, 
Uh, Isaiah Stewart showed a little, uh, you know, a little action in there four eight, but he's uh, he's a foul waiting to happen like every two minutes. So not wanting to dive out of my seat for any of these guys, but I would like to have one. So Corey would be my first choice uh, if Hayes doesn't play. And if I'm going to spend up for a mid-level or close to mid-level guy, I'd make that choice between Cunningham, Diallo, and Bay, and it's a toss-up. It really is. <clears throat> On the Sacramento side, you know, De'Aaron Fox elevated with Halliburton be, being out, but he is 8-4, and he's not the most consistent player. He's not a good outside shooter, and when that's not falling, he doesn't generally get to his number. Uh, but I think it's a perfect game situation for him. Uh, to have a big one. You're going to have a lot of guys going to lower price Terrence Davis at 5-3, and deservedly so. For a guy that's that low priced, he's been a terrific uh, points per minute DFS guy. Looks like he's going to get enough run uh, with starting for uh, in this spot, you know, for Halliburton. But he does have Heald and Davion Mitchell pressing him, uh, you know, to, for minutes as well. So I don't think he's a automatic play. Uh, Harrison Barnes, I think at 5'9", is, is very fair price. Marvin Bagley has shown different times throughout the year uh, that he's stepping up and playing a better role. He's 5'5", which is cheap. And then how about Rashawn Holmes? He's only 4'4". So the question is, if he stays that cheap, uh, he's hard not to go with. I know that he's coming back. They've eased him back. Um, but the algorithm, whatever, set him super low. Um, that's a guy, I think, at times last year approached 8K. So the fact that he's only 4-4, four, four, uh, sort of uh, amazing. So I'll be digging in. If he's going to get over 25 minutes at that price, uh, he's a no-brainer here. Um, and again, the guys off the bench, though, their, their depth is good. Healed, Mitchell, Metu. Um, Damian Jones being back. I mean, they've got guys that can come in and play and give them some depth. So more than likely one pay up, one value play from the uh, Sacramento side, and then uh, one play from Detroit. So this will probably be, of all the games, uh, my highest owned game with, you know, if you want to call it that, with two or possibly three players. All right, believe it or not, we're at game 13. It's a 10-30 game. It's Indiana Pacers, Los Angeles Lakers. It is the first night of a back-to-back -back for the Pacers. We already know Miles Turner has a, some kind of stress reaction, not quite fracture or whatever, but it's serious. When big men have foot problems, it's in his foot, uh, that's an alarm. So he's going to be out for a while. That certainly hurts his trade uh, potential here as, as the deadline's coming up. <clears throat> but um, Lakers are favored by five here against the Pacers. 223 total, 109 implied for the Pacers, 114 for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, we have Pacers 15 and 29. Hard to believe with that team. But, you know, I told you, Carlisle's not a great coach. Uh, Lakers even 22 and 22. Also read an article last night that Vogel's just about on his way out. Uh, so I expect maybe he gets uh, knocked out of here unless they go on a big winning streak. So two somewhat unstable teams right now. Um, stinking Malcolm Brogdon, man, he's he's questionable again. He's been questionable, I believe, the last eight times 
and hasn't played any of them. So I have no idea how you count him in. He'll certainly come back one of them. So we're going to need the news on him. I'm not going to mess with it though, because even if he is back and he has a sprain or Achilles issue, <clears throat> I can't see them blowing him out minutes. Um, uh, after that, Lamb also questionable. McConnell, Turner, and Warren are out. For the Lakers, probable on LeBron James. First time he's been listed probable all season. Uh, Dwight Howard also probable. Carmelo Anthony's the questionable player here. And the guys out, Davis, Dumbuyu, and Nunn. All right, let's look at statistically talking about this last game. 22nd in pace for the for Indiana Nate Lakers are ninth, so pace up game for the Pacers. Defensively, uh, nothing to write home about at all. 23 for the Pacers, 18 for the Lakers. So that could mean some decent points in this game. Uh, you're going to definitely have some people uh, jamming guys in. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, highlight of Westbrook's dunk on Gobert the other night. Oh, my goodness. It was the night before last. Look that one up, Westbrook dunk on Gobert. It was the real ticket. And Westbrook's no spring chicken. He's been around. But that dunk, unbelievable dunk. Um, <clears throat> he's probably going to get some play just because he had a step-up game with all that attention. But I have no idea how you trust uh, Russell. He's 9-3, still, you know, pretty expensive for a guy that has generally disappointed on most outings. Uh, LeBron's all the way up to 11-3 still. <clears throat> He's been in that neighborhood. Um, you know, is he a pay-up option here? Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you can go with him and Joker. That might be the decision for me for the pay-up. Uh, after that, you know, it becomes very clouded. Bradley, I don't want any part of. I don't care how cheap he is. Ariza, you can't trust him. Howard, Anthony, if he plays, Tucker, Reeves. I guess Monk's the next best option in 5-6. I want to make sure he's going to get enough minutes. Um, and then we just have to go from there. So it's almost uh, a LeBron or bust for me at this point uh, with the Lakers. For the Pacers, it's much different, especially if Brogdon sits again. Karis LeVert. 7-9, you know, is in play. He hasn't been exactly himself lately, but I think, you know, he deserves, um, you know, some acknowledgement here. Um, the Lakers only favored by five again, by the way, and the Pacers are just an utter disaster. And I know the Lakers haven't been good either, but I think the Lakers could win this by double digits, and I'm a little bit afraid to have too much exposure in this game. <clears throat> don't really want to take the roll the dice on a Washington or Sykes, um, you know, just not sure who's going to get the majority of those minutes. Uh, you know, uh, Justin Holiday's been very inconsistent. Torrey Craig's not a DFS style player. You do have Sabonis at 10-1, <clears throat> which is expensive, but, you know, it's going to be pretty much if of if we have Brogdon out, uh, Lavert and Sabonis, it's going to be those two all you can eat pretty much. But, uh, you know, it's a tough call. So I don't have a problem getting to either Lavert or Sabonis here. I think those are the only two targets. 
Because after that, you've just the guys I mentioned too: Washington, Holiday, Craig, Brissett, Duarte, uh, you know, Lance Stevenson. You, you just have a lot of guys. Looks like Jeremy Lamb could be back. Is Sykes going to still get any minutes? Just not worth going that deep. So, you know, you would think this game would look better, but uh, definitely some question marks. And again, you know, if it gets out of hand at all. I would think Carlisle's going to yank his guys because tomorrow they play against back to back for them. Uh, so that scares me, but uh, wouldn't mind having uh, plucking somebody out here. But if I do, it's going to be expensive. Probably Levert, Sabonis and uh, LeBron would be the three guys that I may pick one out of if I can save enough uh, uh, salary here to finish it off strong. So that is it, my friends. 13 big ones. I love it. This is the kind of slate that we dominate here at Coach Talk. We love these big slates. We've had great success in playing them, and uh, we hope tonight's one of those nights. So uh, come join us, dfscoachtalk.com. As little as uh, 10 bucks for three days. I mean, jump on in here. We'll get you that back in a double up. $10 double up before you can uh, sit down in your chair. So come join us. We'd love to have you. If you're following us uh, on, watching this on YouTube, quick thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give us a quick comment. On Twitter, we're at DFS Coach Talk. I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. So buckle in, get ready for the double slate, the main and after hours for our members. And then tomorrow's a nice, calm three-game slate. So a uh, big difference from tonight, but I'll definitely be back for that one as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you. Uh, and uh, we're definitely going to be hammering it tonight. And we'll be, be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS. <laughs>